Welcome to People Helping People, the podcast to inspire greater social change in the business world and give you ideas on how to take action. I'm your host, Adam Morris. And for all the change we talk about on the podcast, I finally have something different for you. Today, we're going to talk about measuring social impact. We're going to start by diving into the sustainable development goals and then wrap it up looking at some ways to measure social impact. So let's dive right in. In 2015, the United Nations came up with 17 sustainable development goals as part of their 2030 agenda. At one level, the sustainable development goals are designed to be measured against these metrics set for 2030, but to do this, they created a set of goals which are broad and easy to understand. What I found is that they're a great tool for thinking about social impact and useful framework for discussing the impact that you're making. Actually, a lot of people have found this, and they become the gold standard for categorizing the impact you're making. The SDGs are something I take into consideration when finding interesting stories for this podcast, partly because social entrepreneurship on its own has no governing definition. And by that, I mean any company can call itself a social enterprise without any oversight or any metric qualifying what their social impact actually is. If you think about a nonprofit, for example, that is well-defined and has specific requirements baked into its legal structure. The term 501c3 relates to the specific section of the U.S. tax code, and the three is one of 29 types of tax-exempt organizations. Another example is the B Corp designation, which is a certification provided by the organization B Labs. A social enterprise has no such legal definition or body certifying its validity. So, the sustainable goals have become kind of a useful tool for qualifying the impact that a social enterprise is making. They're certainly not the only system, but they are the most commonly used. At a high level, the 17 sustainable development goals are 1. No poverty 2. Zero hunger 3. Good health and well-being 4. Quality education 5. Gender equality 6. Clean water and sanitation. Seven, affordable and clean energy. Eight, decent work and economic growth. Nine, industry, innovation, and infrastructure. Ten, reduced inequalities. Eleven, sustainable cities and communities. Twelve, responsible consumption and production. Thirteen, climate action. Fourteen, life below water. Fifteen, life on land. Sixteen, peace, justice, and strong institutions, and 17, partnership for the goals. So those are the 17 goals. I actually want to dive into these goals in a bit more detail to give you a better picture of what they mean. This information is coming directly from the United Nations website at un.org slash sustainable development. So let's go into these. To start, goal number one, no poverty. To end poverty in all its forms everywhere because more than 700 million people, or 10% of the world population, still live in extreme poverty. Personally, one thing you can do to help end poverty is to donate what you don't use. It's huge, and there's a reason it's number one on the list. Number two is zero hunger. To end hunger, achieve food security and improve nutrition, and to promote sustainable agriculture. Our food sources, such as soil, fresh water, oceans, forests, and other biodiversity, are being rapidly degraded, 
and an estimated 821 million people were undernourished in 2017. Agriculture is the world's largest employer, providing livelihood for 40% of the world's population. So, zero hunger means focusing on sustainability and nutrition. Also, 840 million people have no access to electricity worldwide. So, energy poverty is one of the barriers to reducing hunger. On a personal note, one thing you can do is to waste less food and to support local farmers. Supporting local farmers cuts down on transportation and cost of food going bad. So that has a big impact on the food supply. Number three is good health and well-being. To ensure healthy lives and to promote well-being for all at all ages. While 17,000 fewer children die each day than in 1990, more than 5 million children still die before their fifth birthday each year. Interesting about this goal, people are generally trying to fit their impact into this category. But a large part of this goal is actually about reducing infant mortality. It also encompasses things like substance abuse, to death and injury from road accidents, to access to health care. One thing they mention is that if you have children, one thing you can do is make sure you're up to date on vaccines. Since the year 2000, measles vaccines have averted nearly 15.6 million deaths. On to goal number four. Number four is quality education to ensure inclusive and equitable quality education and promote lifelong learning opportunities for all. Over 265 million children are currently out of school and 22% of them are of primary school age. 617 million youth worldwide lack basic mathematics and literacy skills. This goal is all about ensuring access to education and providing a safe, nonviolent, inclusive, and effective learning environment. In most communities, there are opportunities for you to reach out and help educate or mentor others. So, these are the first four goals. No poverty, zero hunger, good health, and well-being and quality education. You'll notice that they're intentionally broad, but the UN has done a good job of qualifying the magnitude of the issues that they're trying to solve, as well as the potential impact. Okay, let's continue. Number five is gender equality. To achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. Globally, 750 million women and girls were married before the age of 18, and at least 200 million women and girls in 30 countries have undergone female genital mutilation. Rights for women are still severely limited in many parts of the world, And the goals here are geared towards ending all forms of discrimination against all women and girls everywhere, including violence, fair wages, and providing equal opportunities for leadership in all levels. It's political, economic, and public life. One in three women have experienced physical or sexual violence. So do what you can to empower women and support equal rights. On a side note here, uh, there was a recent article that Goldman Sachs um, will no longer help take companies public that don't have uh, diversity on their executive board um, with an emphasis on women. And they're not doing this out of the goodness of their hearts, but because of the value um, and higher earnings that companies that have a diverse background bring to the table. So empowering women and supporting equal rights actually helps lead to a a much more efficient economy, and a better life for all. Number six is clean water and sanitation. 
to ensure availability and sustainable management of water and sanitation for all. One in four healthcare facilities lack basic water services, three in 10 people lack access to safely managed drinking water services, and six in 10 people lack access to safely managed sanitation facilities. That's 2.4 billion people that lack access to basic sanitation services, such as toilets or latrines. Each day, nearly 1,000 children die due to preventable water and sanitation-related diarrheal diseases. This goal is all about access to safe and affordable drinking water, as well as access to adequate sanitation and hygiene, and looking to improve water quality by reducing pollution and managing important ecosystems. Since water scarcity affects more than 40% of the world's population, we can all take part in wasting less water. Number seven. Number seven is affordable and clean energy. To ensure access to affordable, reliable, sustainable, and modern energy for all. 13% of the global population still lacks access to modern electricity, and 3 billion people still rely on wood, coal, and charcoal, or animal waste, for cooking and heating. Energy is also the dominant contributor to climate change and responsible for about 60% of the greenhouse gas emissions. So these goals here are about increasing access to affordable energy as well as improving energy from sustainable sources and developing better energy efficiency. This means investing in energy infrastructure and clean energy technology. Personally, using energy efficient applications and light bulbs can go a long way. LEDs are everywhere. Goal number eight. Number eight is decent work and economic growth. To promote sustained, inclusive, and sustainable economic growth, full and productive employment, and decent work for all. The global unemployment rate in 2017 was 5.6%, down from 6.4% in the year 2000. But the global gender pay gap still stands around 23%. This goal is about improving economic growth and productivity, and really to develop activities that create jobs and improve access to financial services, um, and do things like encourage entrepreneurship and creativity and innovation. It's also about reducing human trafficking and providing safe and secure working environments. With one-fifth of the young people not in education, um, employment, or training, the more you can do to help create job opportunities for the youth, the more that will tackle this goal. So these were the next four. Gender equality, clean water and sanitation, affordable and clean energy, and decent work and economic growth. As I'm going through these, you really start to notice this overarching purpose of what equality means in the eyes of the United Nations and what makes more opportunity and success going forward. Onward. Number nine is industry, innovation, and infrastructure. To promote sustained, inclusive, and sustainable economic growth, full and productive employment, and decent work for all. Basic infrastructure like roads, information, and communication technologies, sanitation, electrical power, and water remains scarce in many developing countries, and 16% of the global population does not have access to mobile broadband networks. So this goal is all about developing infrastructure. It's about developing the research and sustainability and access to information so that people have the environment they need to succeed. Here's where you can help by funding projects that provide basic infrastructure, as well as investing with microloan platforms such as Kiva. Number 10 is reducing inequality. To reduce incoming inequality within and among countries. 
The poorest 40% of the population learns less than 25% of the global income. And we have all heard about how the wage gap is just increasing. As seen in other goals such as one, no poverty, five, gender equality, and eight, decent work and economic growth, inequalities and discrimination create barriers to opportunities. The goal here is income growth for the bottom 40% of the population at a rate higher than the national average, right? So that their growth is growing quicker than everybody else so that they can catch up and close the gap. The idea is to promote the social, economic, and political inclusion of all, irrespective of age, sex, disability, race, ethnicity, origin, religion, or economic or other status. This is very broad, but basically adopting policies and regulations that will help make the world more balanced. If you see the opportunity to support those who are marginalized or disadvantaged, then do something. Number 11 is sustainable cities and communities. To make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient, and sustainable. Half of all people, 3.5 billion of us, live in cities, and that will increase to 5 billion by the year 2030. 883 million people live in slums. The world's cities occupy just 3% of the Earth's lands, but account for 60-80% to of the energy consumption and 75% of the carbon emissions. As of 2016, 90% of urban dwellers have been breathing unsafe air, resulting in 4.2 million deaths due to ambient air pollution. These goals are all about adequate, safe, and affordable housing and basic services, as well as sustainable transportation and road safety. If you live in a city, what can you do to bike or walk or use public transportation? How can we get large gains in reducing pollution or climate change by introducing new measures inside of a city? So a lot of good questions that can address this. Number 12 is responsible consumption and production to ensure sustainable consumption and production patterns. At our current growth rate, we'll reach a global population of 9.6 billion by 2050. And we'll need about three times as many planets as we currently have to maintain our current lifestyles, i.e. we need more than one Earth if we're going to keep growing at the rate that we go. Now, are you getting bored? If you are, Google Earth Overshoot Day. That's the day when humanity's resource consumption for the year exceeds the Earth's capacity to regenerate those resources that year. It gets an earlier and earlier every year. Last year, that was July 29th. UN.org website has some really cool stats for this goal. Interesting facts that less than 3% of the world's water is fresh and drinkable, of which 2.5% is frozen in Antarctica, the Arctic, and glaciers. Therefore, we rely on half a percent of all the water um, for all of our fresh water needs. Another stat is, if people worldwide switched to energy-efficient light bulbs, the world would save $120 billion annually. Also, the food sector accounts for around 30% of the world's total energy consumption and around for 22% of the total greenhouse gas emissions. So all these goals for this one have to do with sustainable consumption and production, as well as sustainable management of our natural resources. There are a lot of companies doing interesting work in this area, but quite often you need to dig a bit to find them. A quick shout out to Heidi over at Conscious Seabus. She's got some great tips on Conscious Seabus on Instagram. 
If you're not sure what you can do here, start with recycling. After that, the possibilities are endless. That's a lot. So to recap, these four are industry innovation and infrastructure, reduced inequalities, sustainable cities and communities, and responsible consumption and production. And again, the same message of equality and sustainability are reflected in all of these. As we're going through each of these, you really start to see how much they overlap with each other. So let's continue. Number 13 is climate action. To take urgent action to combat climate change and its impacts by regulating emissions and promoting developments in renewable energy. This gets a lot of attention, and rightly so. Global emissions of carbon dioxide have increased by almost 50% since 1990. The New York Times had a fascinating piece in October. Rising seas will erase more cities by 2050, new research shows, showing new projections for cities being underwater in the next 30 years. Basically, Vietnam is toast, Bangkok, much of Shanghai, Mumbai, even New Zealand is pretty hard hit. Most coastal states in the U.S. are impacted, including San Francisco and the Bay Area, and large parts of Florida. They don't have good measures in place for the rising sea levels. So the goals here are really to strengthen our ability to adapt to the coming natural disasters and to work hard to improve climate change measures to reduce the severity of that impact. We should be acting now as if our life depends on it. It probably does. Number 14 is life with water. To conserve and sustainably use the ocean, seas, and marine resources for sustainable development. Three billion people depend on marine and coastal biodiversity for their livelihoods. And pollution is threatening all of this. Runoff from pollutants is creating massive dead zones in the ocean, killing life that we need for our sustainability. Plus, the world's largest collection of ocean garbage just keeps growing. They call it the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. A collection of plastic and floating trash halfway between Hawaii and California. It's grown to more than 600,000 square miles. That's twice the size of Texas just trash floating in the ocean. The goals here are to prevent and significantly reduce marine pollution of all kinds, particularly from land-based activities, including marine debris and nutrient pollution. It's one reason why you've seen, you know, all this in the news about eliminating plastic bags. One thing you can do is to avoid using plastic bags because that helps keep the ocean clean. I think I read somewhere that like 85% of plastic bags end up in the ocean. Number 15 is life on land. To protect, restore, and promote sustainable use of terrestrial ecosystems, sustainably manage forests, combat desertification, and halt and reverse land degradation and halt the biodiversity loss. Whew, that's a mouthful. Just as our oceans are being impacted, so is our land. Between 2010 and 2015, the world lost 3.3 million hectares of forest area. Due to drought and desertification, 12 million hectares are lost each year, 23 hectares per minute. Within one year, 20 million tons of grain could have been grown. Entire species are going extinct faster than ever. I had a uh, podcast with Steve Anderson about protecting the environment, and he has some very interesting uh, insights into what we can do to protect this. But the goals here are about conservation, restoration, and sustainable use of terrestrial and inland freshwater ecosystems and their services, in particular forests, wetlands, mountains, and drylands. So go plant a tree and help protect the environment. 
Number 16 is peace, justice, and strong institutions. To promote peaceful and inclusive societies for sustainable development, provide access to justice for all, and to build effective, accountable, and inclusive institutions at all levels. In 2018, the number of people fleeing war, persecution, and conflict exceeded 70 million. Corruption, bribery, theft, and tax evasion cost some $1.26 trillion, that's right, $1.26 trillion for developing countries per year. This amount of money could be used to lift those who are living on less than $1.25 a day, um, above $1.25 a day for at least six years. Violence against children affects more than 1 billion children around the world and costs societies up to $7 trillion a year. So these goals are to significantly reduce all forms of violence and related deaths everywhere, as well as to end abuse, exploitation, trafficking, and all forms of violence against and torture of children. It's about reducing corruption, bribery, illicit financial tra- transactions, and arms trades, and develop a more transparent and accountable institutions uh, in countries across the world. It's basically about standing up for human rights. And lastly, number 17 is partnerships for the goals. To strengthen the means of implementation and revitalize the global partnerships for sustainable development. Working together, we can not just share ideas, but also provide financial resources and investments for coordinated sustainable business practices. On an individual level, you can lobby your government to boost development fund financing. If together we achieve the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, we could create $12 trillion worth of market opportunities and create 380 million new jobs by 2030. So just to recap, the last five are climate action, life below water, life on land, peace, justice, strong institutions, and partnership for the goals. You'll see a shift in these really gearing towards keeping a healthy planet free of pollution and corruption um, and one that's not being drained of its resources. And that's the 17 development goals. Phew, that's a ton of information, but hopefully a good overview of how the UN is thinking about social change on a global level. I've been seeing the SDGs more and more when people talk about measuring impact. They're a common language, which is useful, but not the only way to categorize change out there. It may be the most popular, but keep in mind, it was designed from the perspective of the UN and their ability to impact the most critical areas of development. Another framework is the Inclusive Economy Metric Set, a collection of about 25 metrics from the B Impact Assessment, as developed by B Labs, the organization that certifies B Corps. One thing I like about the B Lab metrics is that they really have thought about it in terms of the US and the global as separate kind of approaches. Also, they're more geared towards measuring and improving what your company does in terms of how your company works. So for example, their living wage metric asks, what percent above living wage did your lowest paid workers, excluding interns, receive during the last fiscal year? Or the question that's uh, the wage equity multiple question which is, what is the multiple of your company's highest compensated individual, including bonus, compared to the lowest paid full-time worker? The questions by their assessment give you direction on exactly how to measure where you're at. Again, B-Lab certifies companies as B Corps, and this is one of the ways that they measure and qualify your business to give you that certification. 
but it's very practical and easy to measure because they tell you exactly what the measurement is. One more framework I'd like to toss into the mix is one used by donegood.co, the company referred to as the Amazon of social good. They qualify the products listed on their website with one of 10 impacts. These areas are one, eco-friendly, two, empowers workers, three, vegan, four, women or persons of color owned, five, toxin-free, six, gives back, seven, uh, recycled or upcycled, eight, organic, GMO-free, nine, cruelty-free, and 10, made in the U.S. That's donegood.co. You can buy products on there like you would on Amazon. So again, a very different list, but one geared towards answering the question, what impact is achieved through the development of a product that you're purchasing? Bringing this all together, when you're building a social enterprise, it's very useful to familiarize yourself with those frameworks. Perhaps there is something that you're missing or something that you could do to improve your impact. It's also helpful to know where you make your impact so that you can effectively communicate to this to others. So I hope you learned a lot from listening to this. And I hope you come away with a better understanding of measuring impact and the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Perhaps even some of these statistics will jump out at you and inspire you to dig further. That's how I got started, and I'm glad I did. It's led to a very fulfilling adventure building our social enterprise, Wild Tiger Tees. So thank you so much for listening, and until next time, cheers. Cheers.